モーニングプロジェクトプレゼンツ Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the nichiest podcast ever. And the other of which is Brian. Hi, Brian. Hello. That's your cue to say something, see? <laughs> were, you, were you eating? Is that what you were doing? Me? Hmm. Yes. No. I didn't think okay. I had I... much of a delay. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, yeah, it was a long delay. It was kind of interesting, weird. Hmm. Oh, sorry. Uh, your bandwidth is lagging. That's the problem. Uh-oh. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. It's, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> so it, it has been a while, uh, and it was just a case of, I think someone was on vacation at first. Were one of you on vacation? I think it's been all of us, hasn't it? I know I've been traveling a lot, so maybe I was the reason. Well, I know. I don't think I've been on vacation. No, I mean, it's it, it kind of, the, I, I think there was a vacation, and then I was out of town for a business trip. And then we were kind of busy doing stuff, and then there were deadlines, and there were other business trips, and so it's just kind of been this snowball yeah. effect of why we couldn't do a show. Yeah, but we that's what happened. We had to get one at least out before E three, um, because as we know, E three is the mecca of niche gaming. <laughs> so, you know, uh, niche titles like the new Call of Duty and the new Battlefield and the new Assassin's Creed. So, yes, uh, we are here today to talk about all those games. Brian, Call of Duty, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'd be the exact <laughs> right person to talk about that game. <laughs> so where, where did you go on vacation? Um, I think if I'm thinking about vacation, it was Palm Springs, which was maybe it was a couple months ago. But What's, I mean, our last show was January. I know, I know. I mean, it's been a while. It's hard, uh, you know, aging and everything else. I can't remember that part. <laughs> I'm sorry. How 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 old are you? Thirty-seven. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know you're that close to me. I'm old. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still. I'm still the oldest. So watch what you say. <laughs> so how how was how was Palm Springs? It it sounds. Um, elderly but i don't know what palm springs is like i had never been there before and i will say i didn't it's not like we went there because you know we'd always dreamed of going to palm springs or something not that there's anything wrong with that um but there's a fairly large tennis tournament there so we went ah okay specifically to bask in warmth and watch tennis so So. you you are a a tennis watching fan i'm i'm a tennis playing fan a tennis watching fan yes 
I, I, you know, growing up, that was actually one of the sports I enjoyed watching was tennis. Um, yeah. I don't know why, but it's like it's 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 kind of fun. It's fast paced. It doesn't last forever. Yeah. And they grunt a lot. They do. <laughs> I actually like the screaming, grunting personally. <laughs> I mean, they're 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 doing that for show, though, right? That's not like a. You know, don't I don't. To... Know, I don't honestly know. No, they don't have to do it. Absolutely not. But it's it is like nobody is actually honest about why they do it, so you don't really know why people do it. But there are all sorts of reasons. Because <laughs> I was thinking maybe, and I mean, Anne, I want to see if Anne knows this. Anne, do you do you know why? Uh, and it might be outside of Japan. I'm not sure, but I know at least in Japan. Do you know why they slurp when they eat noodles? Mm, why? Yes. <laughs> uh, I was always told that it was to show that you were enjoying it, but <laughs> I don't know if that's the real reason. <laughs> well, I, I that that could be, but I know one of the other kind of things that I think some scientists said at some point that they just say it's fact and so they go along with it is that when you do that the action actually opens up your nasal passages more i guess and so more of the aroma of the noodles go in there and so it supposedly enhances the flavor of the ramen or the um soba or udon or whatever so i was thinking maybe the grunting uh enhanced the muscles so that you could hit better or some weird thing. well i mean there are also and i know people are probably listening to this going why are you talking about tennis i'll shut up quickly but um they there are people <laughs> who suggest that it, it helps with breathing during the point during the hit uh also like considering how hard people hit it these days it there's kind of a psychological aspect of of maybe helping you you know <laughs> hit harder um but none of it's really proven. And some of the sounds they make, too, are you're like, really? You're doing that to enable yourself to breathe better? But I don't know. I mean, and I'm sure there's some kind of competition aspect to it, too. Um, I don't know. Although I will say when my husband and I go out there, <laughs> and we are hardly pros, uh, but, you know, when we're, like, running around and, and hitting the ball as hard as you can, we start making all kinds of horrible noises, too. So, you know, if we can do it... <laughs> Now, now to connect this to niche <laughs> gaming, and I'm going to be very disappointed if you don't. Uh, do you own a copy of World Court Tennis? World Court Tennis on the PC Engine? Yes. Of course. Okay. So, so now for those for, for people who don't know, that is what is that? Um, it was an early game for the PC Engine by Namco, I believe. Um, that was. <laughs> Uh, part tennis game, part role-playing game. Um, and you kind of traveled in like a, a Dragon Quest overworld. And when you encountered enemies, that, well, enemies, other tennis players, they would challenge you to a match that if you, and usually a match was like a game. Um, and if you won, then you went to, along your way. And I don't remember if when you lose, do you just lose money? I can't remember. It's been so long. Yeah, um, I, I can't either. And you would get to, like, there would be towns, and you would have to battle bosses that would be longer matches, and um, I don't know. I really like it. <laughs> it. It was, you know, it sounds like just the most ridiculous idea ever, but it was really a lot of fun. Yeah. It really was. Um, I wonder if that's, like, on the, on the virtual console or anything. Hmm. I don't know. I think maybe the Wii virtual console. Hmm. Because it was a really neat little tennis game. 
Yeah, and I will say the the North American uh, localization is fairly terrible. Um, like typos and really most of the people that you encounter say that completely pointless things. But I've heard that the <laughs> Japanese version is actually kind of cute in terms of, um, hmm. like, I think it's wittier uh, in terms of what they're saying, and they just didn't translate it very well. <laughs> hmm. um, Anne, what have you been up to? What indeed? Um, well, I guess my thesis <laughs> is um, slowly taking over my life. I am nearing just about, and I think two weeks will be the two-year mark for me. So that means I have one year left before I'm supposed to submit. So as you can probably assume, this third and final year is going to be hellish as I try to write everything up and get edits and, you know... Uh, yeah, trying to make sense of everything that I've been doing. Um, I'm planning a trip to Japan in July, which is a lot of fun, and that's sort of distracting me from <laughs> the misery of the past couple of months here in Australia. So that's good. But in terms of things going on over here, there's not been a whole lot. It's kind of, you know, the same old with me. Any any specific reason why you're going in July? Well, I'm actually going for a workshop at the University of Tokyo wow. that I applied for that is related to my thesis. So I have to go then, which is not going to be fun because anyone who's ever been to Japan knows that July is the hottest, most miserable month. I was going to say, because like, yeah. like June's kind of the rainy part and then you start getting into July and August and that's like the really hot time. Yep, yep. I'm not, I mean, I'm not looking forward to that, but um, I, I get to go to this cool thing and see Tokyo, which I haven't been to Tokyo in 12 years. Really? So it will be very interesting. Yeah, I always go to Osaka. Well, so. that's, that's proper, so you know. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everything you need over there, I didn't really need to go to Tokyo. So, but there, I mean, there's plenty of stuff. I mean, I, I wrote a, a post about the ten top 10 places I wanted to see, and there's still like countless more websites I've bookmarked and things I've written down, cafes I want to go eat at. They've got owl cafes now. I had never heard of this, but apparently that's a thing that I have to see. So <laughs> now, now, because your website is dead currently. Um, yes. <laughs> what, what? What, what, what were, uh, it's, it's just broken temporarily, right? Yeah, yeah, today I think yeah. it went down. Yeah. Uh, give us a, a few spoilers as to places you want to go. Oh, gosh. Um, let's see if I can remember them. There's, of course, the Capcom Bar, which, since I'm really into Monster Hunter these days, is kind of a must-see. <laughs> um, they do... I mean, there are lots of cafes, but I thought it was interesting that the Capcom Bar calls itself a bar. I'm not sure if that means that they're more towards alcoholic drinks and nightlife or if that's just a naming thing i don't know but they serve themed food and apparently the staff will put on little skits from the games like if you order you can order like a brain cake yeah. from resident evil and they'll come over to your table and they might quote something from the game or pretend that they're a zombie and you have to shoot them you have to like pantomime <laughs> shooting them or i don't know like goofy things like that so it seems kind of silly and i'll probably be really into that um gosh oh there's the studio ghibli museum oh i, I wish i've never yeah, been to really, oh you yeah, did really, how was really, it yeah yeah they're kind of difficult to get into that you have to book in advance oh, really? and all of that yeah you have to buy your ticket in advance and 
you can in Japan you can buy them at the convenience store, but outside of Japan you usually have to go through uh, what's her name JTB. I think the certain Japanese travel agents will sell the tickets, but you can't like show up at the museum on the day and be like I'd like to enter. They won't sell you a wow. ticket. <laughs> so oh. I'm having a friend actually purchase one for me. I think this tickets for the like so many months. Ahead of time, we'll go in and go on sale like the tenth of every month. So she's gonna go on in there on the tenth of this month to get tickets for next month, I think. And it's yeah. See, I guess because so. uh, I when I went, um, Namco Bandai took us because it was oh. when they were when they were ge- gearing up for the release of Nino Kuni. So. Huh. Oh, okay. That, that's that's why we went. So I, I didn't even think about the fact you couldn't just go. But, go. but it's like it's like Japan's so weird like that. It's it's um, you think like in America or or I don't know if Australia is the same way, but you just want to go somewhere and you just go. You know, you don't really think about it yeah. so much. But Japan's really bizarre in that like things aren't easy like that sometimes. Yeah. Well, the Ghibli hmm. Museum is the only place I can think of that has that weird ticket system but it might be because they yeah maybe they tried before just selling tickets at the door and it got crazy crowded or something who knows so hmm that's cool i said i i went and um it was really really neat it was it was a fun time so i'm sure you will like it awesome. <laughs> yeah i'm sure the, I only, <laughs> the only the only problem with that is is just um it's depending on when you go it's kind of the whole japanese thing about just it's so crowded. Yeah, I'm going on a Sunday because oh. I have very limited free time, right. so I had to go on a Sunday, and I think it's going to be yeah nuts. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna be really, really nuts. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> this will be fun. Well, uh, without further ado, let's actually get into some news. And uh, there was now we've been off for for a few months, like we said. There's been news stories we've kind of missed and everything, but. Just was it this week? No, last week. Just last week, kind of flowed over into this week, I believe, or maybe. Um, There was a big shakeup in the niche gaming world. (laughs) Territories have changed. Kingdoms can't have been usurped. Uh, Pandemonium wild in the streets. So it came out that marvelous AQL. The company who, uh, the company that is that is now the the name of the company that basically creates Harvest Moon, um, or actually in Japan it's called Bokujo Monogatari. Uh, they have decided to no longer license those games to Natsume, and of course Natsume for. Oh, I think it's now been like 18 plus years has been releasing the Harvest Moon games here in the West. Well, the thing is, is that uh, Marvelous actually now owns the American publishing company Exceed. I don't remember when they picked them up, but it's I think it's been a couple of years now. Mm. Um, and so they decided, you know what? We've got our own division in America. Why don't we just release these games through our own division instead of licensing them to another company and letting them get money. Uh, the catch, however, is that Natsume owns the rights to the name Harvest Moon. So the game formerly known as Harvest Moon 
will now, as of the next release in the first one through XE, be called Story of Seasons. So many people, myself included, were sitting around wondering, well, what does Natsume do now? Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, Harvest Moon was far and away their biggest title. They don't have a whole lot going on past that. Um, if they lose Harvest Moon, that's like a gigantic loss for them. Well, Natsume just announced that they will have a brand new Harvest Moon at E3 called Harvest Moon The Lost Valley. So this will actually be the first Harvest Moon game that they themselves are developing. And I want to be careful on that because um, they have actually done a little bit of development before. Uh, they did the girls version uh, for two games. I think it was A Wonderful Life and Friends of Mineral Town maybe. Hmm. Um, so they, they, they've, done, they've done a couple of girls' versions of the games. And they also did one of the Harvest Moon uh, puzzle games. And then they did a port, I think, of one of the titles. Um, but they have not, as far as I... To my knowledge, they've not ever, from scratch, from the ground up, created their own Harvest Moon game. And now they're going to be. And it's... Um, does Natsume have kind of the chops to do a Harvest Moon game? You know, and and on the other side, what does Exe do to make people understand <laughs> that the games they loved as Harvest Moon aren't going to be Harvest Moon anymore and going to be this whole other thing called Story of Seasons? Yeah. Um, Brian, what do you think of all this? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. It's very, and I'm a strange person that like, I am very interested in the series, yet I've never played any of the games. So, wow, really? I know. I, I have no idea. I couldn't even explain it if I wanted to. Um, <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to start one, and then I see that there are like 35 of them, and I don't know where to start. And that, that, is a, that is a major problem, yes. It's really hard to know which one to pick because there are a lot yeah of and you go online to like which one you google which one should i start with and every every other person has a different recommendation and then i just say oh well i'm just gonna keep playing whatever i'm playing uh so someday i'll play with but um i don't know it's just an interesting situation and in that you know everybody's kind of questioning is the natsume made game going to suck <laughs> and then is the quote-unquote real game going to suffer because now it has a name that's unrecognizable and um and then to me i'm just confused as to exactly what's happening you know like so from now on will uh the marvelous games is that the branding's story of seasons um what's the name going to be like in japan i mean i don't know it just seems well no so so the japanese name is the bokujo monogatari which Literally translates to farm story. So they, so Marvelous still owns that name. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's it's still their entire franchise, their entire series. The only thing Marvelous don't own is the English name Harvest Moon. Yeah. So so development of the games are not going to change whatsoever in Japan. It's just who brings the games over and what those games will be called. Yeah. But it's still going to be confused in terms of like now that Natsume is making, at least for an English-speaking audience, the 
their own Harvest Moon games. I mean, I, I have to imagine that's yeah. going to throw a tremendous wrench into the works. I don't know. No, it, it, it is. It will be kind of. It will be very confusing for fans because I mean, if if there were no more Harvest Moon games, and you say, okay, that's that's those games are now this thing called Story of Season, and Xe's releasing them, but Harvest Moon games will still exist. And I actually think at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if Natsume starts re- releasing these games in Japan. Yeah. As Harvest Moon. Yep. Um, because I, I, because last year Natsume actually set up a new Tokyo development house, and I'm pretty certain that's what they're doing is this game. Because if if their new Harvest Moon is going to be ready for this year, it has to have been in development for at least a year, I would assume. I would hope so. Um, b- before I ask. <laughs> And her opinion, uh, I just want to read, and it says, um, this is from the press release, Harvest Moon, the Lost Valley, players will experience the role-playing farm simulation in a three-dimensional setting for the first time. The game has a fully customizable world, and players can customize their field in any way they see fit, from a field full of tulips like you might see in Holland, to a valley filled with water like Venice, the choice is up to you. So it, it, it sounds like they are going to be making some kind of major changes to what the series has been. And what's kind of interesting is that I have to imagine at this point, after 18-some years, um, Natsume has some kind of grip on what fans like about the series, what they don't like, you know. And it's interesting because, you know, that traditional what we used to call Harvest Moon is still going to exist and it's still going to be continuing on. But Natsume wants to have a kind of chance now to do something totally different, or not totally different, but but enhance and change the series in ways that Marvelous never would have allowed. Yeah. So they, they could be interesting. Um, Anne, what do you think? Hmm, I don't know what I can say that hasn't really already been said, but regarding Story of Seasons' name, I mean... The Exceed press release that I got did say that it was a new IP, so that leads me to believe that they're going to use Story of Seasons as the series t- name, and this is going right. to be the first game in that series, and then from here on forward, as they localize the Bokujo Monogatari games, that they will then do like Story of Seasons you know, hanging out with dogs or whatever. <laughs> that would be a good one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that one. So the franchise is already but... going downhill, according to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, so I was really floored by the announcement that Exceed was doing this, and I, you know, was worried about Natsume and how they were going to continue as a company without their major franchise yeah. and now I'm worried about Exceed <laughs> because you know that I, I don't know how hardcore Harvest Moon fans are but I would think sort of in for an average gamer they might know the name Harvest Moon and when they go to that store they're going to pick up the game for the 3DS that says Harvest Moon on right. it, they're going to look at Story of Seasons and be like, well, I've never heard of that, you know? Yeah. So now it turns around and it's like, Exceeds are the one that have to prove that, you know, the Story of Seasons thing is almost better than what people see on the shelf as labeled as Harvest Moon, and yet Harvest Moon is the one with the history, which is right. pretty funny to me, no, you know, <laughs> actually. No, it's, it's, you're, you're absolutely right. This could be something that ends up kind of coming back to bite 
marvelous, you know, in the rear. Yeah, know, if things yeah. don't work out. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I was, I was also really worried about Natsume because, I mean, I, you can't not love them because they're just like this tiny company that has somehow existed since the NES era, you know, in America, mm-hmm. and you, you, you don't, you don't know how. <laughs> like, I have no idea how they keep making money and getting along, but they do. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like, you know, I don't, I don't know that I want XE to have this because, um, XE would have like better things to do. Which I hate, <laughs> I hate to say that, you know. But I, I kind of feel like XE going after the more hardcore titles, they were doing a great job with that, and and you know, chugging along. And Natsume were really committed to the Harvest Moon game, so they were they were doing an okay job, you know, handling all the translation and stuff. Like I don't know that I like that this change has happened. Mm. But hmm. the only thing I would say is I think from a localization standpoint, I prefer Exceed's handling of translations of the games. So I like when they did at least for Rune Factory, I thought their Rune Factory games were much better than the localizations that Natsume did. Yeah, no, I but, I, I agree. I agree. But in terms of, yeah, what you're saying, I mean, I would rather see XC going after the weird niche stuff, you know, that they generally have been doing. But for them to be putting resources into this means time that is being taken away from other stuff that nobody else would be picking up, you know, yeah. that XC could be going after. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, you know, speaking of not to make XC, and what are they, um, what, are, what, what are they and other people... Uh, have in store for E3 when it comes to niche games. Well, this is good timing for the podcast because both Natsume and XC just announced what they'll be showing at E3. And uh, since we've been talking about Natsume, I'll start with them. Uh, the most surprising one for me personally is this A Train City Simulator for the 3DS that they're going to be localizing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really surprising. <laughs> Yeah, and this is a long-standing series in Japan, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. A train. Yeah, I've never played any of them. But you know, I, I, you? I, no. I actually, I, I feel like they're a Western-developed series. Huh. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't that. think so. I'm not very familiar with Aren't it. Aren't they? Okay, it, maybe I'm wrong. No. Maybe for some reason I'm, I'm thinking of. No, you're right. I, I, I was for some reason I was thinking that it had something to do with the. Um... Okay, so. The reason I was confused was because Maxis published them in America. Yeah. And that's why I was thinking that it's something to do with Maxis. But no, it is completely a Japanese series. So it has been localized before then. I didn't know that the, either. Yeah. I, I don't know which ones have come over, but I know at least some of them have. I'm sure the Macintosh okay. versions. I mean, the, 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 <laughs> the computer versions and stuff. Okay. Hmm. Oh, this could, it could be pretty fun. I mean, I'd be up for train simulation another title is Natsume was teasing actually on Twitter the other day about a Wii U release and I was thinking what on earth could they be bringing over for the Wii U but it turns out they've got this game called Alphadia Genesis Alphadia Genesis (laughs) and it was originally uh, a smartphone game that is being ported to a variety of consoles, I think, including the Wii U. So you can already get the game in English for smartphones, and now they're bringing it over to the Wii U, which, though I've heard it's quite a competent JRPG for smartphones, it's not a 
announcement that is particularly exciting <laughs> to me. It's like, oh, great, a port of a smartphone game. Okay, well, the Wii's really, Wii U's doing great, isn't it, <laughs> for game releases. But I guess this is good for people that have the system that want a JRPG to play. Did you did you see they also announced um, that uh, Chemco PSP RPG? Uh, oh, End of Serenity. Yes. Oh. Yeah, oh, I guess we haven't talked about that on this podcast before, but that's not new to this uh, round of announcements. They announced it earlier in the year, I think. Yeah, it, it is going to be it's going to be first playable, I think, at E three. Hmm. Oh, okay. Um, but I've I've heard it's not great, and <laughs> I I think it too is an iOS hmm. iOS port, really. So, which is um, would make sense because they're both. Chemical, aren't they? Alphadia Genesis and End of Serenity, I believe. So that would make sense. Yep, you're right. You're right. Is yep. Uh, Alphadia is also uh, Chemco. Yeah. Man, poor Chemco. <laughs> just just turning out like budget iOS RPGs at this point. Well, maybe they're making money from it. Who knows? I I, I hate I hate this whole smartphone <laughs> thing. I really do. It's killing gaming. Yeah. Well. It's old and bitter now. <laughs> uh, what else? Okay, well, on to XC then. So just the other day, <laughs> I was saying the one thing I want to hear from Exceed is news about Corpse Party <laughs> because they've brought over two of the games for the PSP. And there are not one, but two Corpse Party titles that are new in Japan this year. There's Dead Patient, which is a... PC series that's like episodic it's well technically both of these games are counted as Corpse Party 2 but they have separate development teams so it's very confusing but so you've got the Dead Patient games on the PC and then you also have Blood Drive which is technically the true main sequel to the original Corpse Party which is coming out in July for the PS Vita so I thought you know let's let's get a Blood Drive announcement at least that would be great yes but Exceed heard my cry and <laughs> responded with, well, and let's give you Corpse Party, the original Windows version that inspired the PSP version that we've already localized. <laughs> so I'm not sure who was asking for this release, but hopefully there's somebody out there that will be happy about this announcement because I'm not really. <laughs> How, what, do you, what do you guys feel about this? I'm, I mean, you know what? I... I... It's it's cool that it's coming over. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say anything bad about that. And I wouldn't say mm-hmm. don't bring it over, but it is kind. Of, you know, I mean, you're right with those with those kind of two separate Corpse Party twos coming out. I want one of those. Um, yeah, because Blood Drive is looking really neat, and uh, Dead Patient sounds interesting. So, you know, that's that that's what I want. I don't I don't want this, but you know, for look to be fair. The original Corpse Party, you know, it's on PSP, so PSP or Vita owners can play it. Yeah. But it the PC market's much, much bigger. So it is nice True. to give, you know, all those other players a chance to play it as well. It, it, That's yeah, <laughs> that is true. It might have been nice if they had said uh, we're bringing out Blood Drive sometime next year, and oh, by the way, in the meantime, <laughs> play the original on PC yeah, if you yeah. haven't. <laughs> but anyway. I, I just can't help but feel, as with like these small localization companies like Exceed, I want to support 
their games in order to get more games like them, right? So right. I kind of, as a Corpse Party fan, feel a bit obligated, like, I need to buy this in order to tell them that I want more Corpse Party, which is sort of unfortunate because I don't particularly want this, but, you know, I love Exceed and I will continue to support them, but I hope they aren't looking at this like, oh, we're bringing this one over, and if it does well, hopefully uh, we can get more Corpse Party. Yeah. I, I, I have faith they aren't thinking that. You know, I'm yeah, I, I'm sure okay. they understand kind of the positioning for this. Um, mm. I don't remember though. Did we ever talk about uh, Book of Shadows? What did you think of that? Oh, I can't remember if we talked about that or not. But I was kind of uh, in in the middle yeah, about that one. I, really I didn't like the the removal of the sort of adventure style gameplay, and that was full on visual novel. And then it got a bit weird yeah. into the fan service area that I don't like about the series. So I think Blood Drive is looking a lot better though. So because that re is reintroducing the um adventure mode and it's got like actual, you know, 3D character models and everything and it looks fun. Yep. So I'll probably pick since they haven't announced the localization, I'm just gonna pick it up while I'm in Japan <laughs> in July. <laughs> um, um what else from Maxid? Oh, uh, what else? Okay, we've got... this. <laughs> I thought the PSP was done, but no. no. Xseed <laughs> is holding on, and they're bringing over Brandish the Dark Revenant. Now, Brandish is um, a Falcom series, isn't it? Uh, originally for... I can't recall right now. Some old system. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was... I don't know if they'd be back in the MSX days, or if it was just typical... Let's oh. see. Uh, it was... The PC ninety eight hundred one FM Towns and PSP, hmm. and then uh, and PC Engine versions and Super Nintendo versions. So okay, and that's an RPG again. Yeah, it, was it uh, was it like a dungeon crawler or I'm not because I, so. I never I don't think I've ever actually played any of the Brandish games. I have neither. <laughs> yeah, I'm not super familiar with it other than that I know it's a JRPG. And <laughs> yeah. It seems sort of... I don't think the series has ever been available officially in English. No, um, according to Wikipedia, the Super Nintendo version was. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, because there was FM, the FM Towns, PC Engine... And then the other ones weren't, but the Super Nintendo was the one that kind of hit over here. Huh. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, um, that little that little PSP. Because I I guess we can say right now, um, Sony just announced that come July the PSP is is done. There's no more shipments of them anywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, they're cutting off Japan. They're cutting off everywhere else. Uh, so. I mean, to be fair, in America, it's been dead for quite a while. Yeah. But, you know, I, I love that we still get, like, these weird little releases. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I would love for it to be physical, but I'm sure it's going to be digital only. Yeah, according so, to their yeah. email, it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably for the which, best. Which... <laughs> right? I mean, I, no, it is. No, it absolutely is. It just doesn't seem like a game that has a <laughs> huge built-in audience or, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I don't, I don't know, like how, I don't know how rabid the brandish community yeah. is, you know. So, but um, no, it's it's cool. It's it's nice. It's gonna gonna release something like that over here. 
And the, P- yeah. the PC version does look neat because it's kind of a, a remake of, I think, of the original. But this next one, Anne, I know this next one you are Oh, you are this is ready what I've been holding waiting. out for. <laughs> yeah. Not only have we got um, Senran Kagura Shinobi Versus is coming out. That's the sequel to the original uh, 3DS version. So that's coming out for both... PS? No, just PS Vita, apparently, not 3DS. And they've also announced that Senran Kagura Bon Appetit. <laughs> this is the... What is this, a rhythm cooking game? It is a <laughs> rhythm cooking game where if you screw up, your your clothes come off. Oh, yeah. that's, ha- that's exactly what happens to me when I cook. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like if Iron Chef was on the Playboy channel, that's what this, this game is. <laughs> That's a pretty good description, actually. Yeah. yeah, so I'm sure there there are people that are happy about this, but I was really holding out for some kind of Otome game announcement, so I'm kind of bummed that we didn't get anything like that. But, you know, it, it seems... Uh, it, particularly Bon Appetit looks pretty silly, so, you know, anything that's got rhythm in the genre description is kind of up my alley so i might try it anyway i don't know <laughs> i you know what i'll i'll i'll, I'll try it because i love rhythm games and even the dumb ones i'll, I'll play if they're good so yeah. yeah we'll see well i guess people like senra and kagura so that's, those that's people are boys <laughs> <laughs> well certain certain kinds of teenage boys yeah 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 I mean, like it's it's um, I mean, look, I, I I'll harp on Dead or Alive sometimes because they uh, have a lot of female forms that are exactly the same. You know, they don't have a lot, a lot of variety there. But man, when you look at the Senran Kagura like cover art, like every single girl yeah. is very chesty. <laughs> it's 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 like they're like clones of each other. It's it's very strange. Have they actually said, by the way, how the first game... I I would just love to actually know how well it sold. Because, I mean, now all of these other games are coming out. It must have sold fairly well. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't mean... I don't know. Like, I don't don't know enough about the the fan base for these games to know how many people there are out there. Yeah. So, I wonder if we lost Anne. No, I'm here. <laughs> okay. She's okay. I'm, I'm thinking about my experiences with Sunron Kogura. <laughs> <laughs> I think I noticed, um, I believe, when Shinobi Versus was first um, announced, it was like topping the charts for Amazon pre orders for PS Vita games. Mm. So. Mm. You know, take that as you will, but how, that was surprising to me, actually. Um, and what's coming else from Capcom? Oh, okay. Yes, we've got, well, can't wait to see more about Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate from Capcom at E3. They're going to be showing it there, which is exciting because um, though the Japanese game is coming out in September, I don't think there have been any playable demos they haven't actually said whether or not it's a demo or they're just showing videos so it could very well just be like localized versions of the trailer we've already seen but 
that will be the first time it showed at a English Western press conference. So, of course, I'm interested in that. But they've also announced that they are bringing over Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy for the 3DS. Now, that's the first three games Mm. all in one package. Uh, It's going to be digital only, but... That's better than nothing. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's kind of a shame, though, that how those games have kind of been relegated to being digital. Yeah, yeah. It kind of yeah. seems like with this announcement, it's like, yeah, they're going to be digital only from now on. Yeah. Yeah. But that should be, that will be at E3 as well. And interestingly, the English version is also going to have the Japanese text in it, which the Japanese version did have the English text in it, too, hmm. like the original games. So. Hmm. Interesting. You want to learn some Japanese, you can practice that way. <laughs> um, I will tell you what's coming from the other companies. Uh, and we don't have it on our list, but I know Axis is showing off the home version of the new Guilty Gear. And I don't know if I can pronounce it. It's XRD, I think. <laughs> it's capital, capital X, lowercase R, lowercase C, and I think it's pronounced XRD. Um, and that's going to be PS3 and PS4. And what's cool about that is that those players can actually play against each other. So you don't have to be mm-hmm. like, it's not just PSP, PS3 versus PS3 and PS4 versus PS4. After that, I'll be there. Um, I don't know what else Axis is going to have, but we'll find out. Uh, Atlas will have Abyss Odyssey, which is coming, I believe, from the people who made Xenoclash. It's like an interesting little side-scrolling game. Uh, Citizens of Earth for a lot of systems. I don't know anything about this one. <laughs> yeah. These next three I certainly do knew, do know. Uh, we have Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, which is the second version of the Persona 4 fighting game. Recently we found out uh, that Ken and Konomaru are going to be added to the game. And uh, Ken has grown up though just a little bit from what we saw him previously in Persona 3. Uh, so him him and his, his doggy companion will be actually one playable character. <laughs> um, and then also there's been a f- another announcement I don't know if I'm going to spoil or not for people who like, are trying to keep away from spoilers but uh, a certain Persona 4 bad guy is going to be in the game. Then we have Persona 4 dancing all night for the Vita. Uh, if if, if uh, movies and cooking are not your kind of dancing game. Then maybe uh, Persona Four will be your kind of dancing game. I I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I am very very interested in finding out. Yeah. Then we get Persona Q Shadow of the Labyrinth. This is the Persona take on the Etrian Odyssey series, where Persona Three and Four characters come together and have fun adventures. And finally, an unannounced third-party title for PS4, <coughs> PS Vita, and PC. So, um, Persona games are fun. They're starting to have a lot of them, <laughs> which is kind of weird to me. Uh, I remember the era when I had to beg for a Persona game, and now we're getting them like every other day. <laughs> and of course, Persona 5 is coming next year at some point. Uh, for PS3, I have this weird, like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I have this weird suspicion that Sega might try to get them to do a PS4 port of it, but I don't know. Let's see. Mm. Uh, any of these games excite you guys? 
Damn, that's such a so apathetic. <laughs> well, I've never gotten into Persona, so I can't really. Yeah, I'm not. This podcast gonna, is over. <laughs> I, you know, I can count. I can't even count on both hands the amount of times that people have shamed me because I've never played Persona three or four. <laughs> so I know. Yes, I need to. I need to play one of them. But I think. I would want to start with one of the RPGs rather than playing one of these side games then what, first. What you, so. what you need to do, Anne, you need to only play Dancing All Night. And then when somebody <laughs> asks you, have you ever played Persona? You're like, of course. <laughs> I played that dancing game. And then they will shame you even more from then on. <laughs> yep. Um, how about this? Anne brought this question, so let's ask this. What super big niche announcement would you love to see happen at E3? Not what has been announced, but what would you love to see announced? <laughs> and if you have more than one, that's fine. But um, what kind of things would you like to see announced? Go with Anne first. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I kind of already gave away. I mentioned that I wanted to see an Otome game localized, and that's definitely my biggest wish because nobody's announced that yet. And it's just it's frustrating because Axis was on a roll, and then we've got Hakuoki, uh, the PS3 version just came out, and now we don't have anything else coming. And, you know, there are a lot of Otome games coming out on the Vita now, especially with the PSP being discontinued in Japan, that's going to force these companies to move to the Vita, and they're just great on the Vita, and so I would love to see an Otome game on the Vita get localized. I'm not going to specify one because, you know, got to keep my options <laughs> open, but, but I think, yeah, at this point, I'm not hopeful that that will happen, which is sad. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure another one's coming. Yeah, I I think yeah. I'm. What I'm saying is, I'm just not sure from the available titles on right. the Vita at this point. I right. don't see one of them standing out as something like this would be really good to localize. So maybe the companies are waiting to see what else comes out and sort of play it by year. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because, like, it, it's it's weird that I'm in a position where, like, a lot of the games I would really like have actually been announced. Because um, we're getting Danganronpa 2. Uh, I cannot remember the name, the Japanese name, but the Over My Dead, Dead Body. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On Vita is, is crazily coming over here. Yeah. Like, the game I want most, it's not really a niche game, but I guess at this point maybe it is, is... Um, you know, Fantasy Star Online too. Like, I, I still can't believe we don't have that. And a, an English version just came out in Asia, and we can't play it because they IP block us. It's just, it's ridiculous that it's not come out. Uh, what else? What else would I like? See, it's tough because I think like a lot of like the, a lot of the games I never thought would come over here have now been announced, and so it's like getting harder to think about what games I really know would be good and kind of worth doing. I, I have one, although I don't know. I feel like the ship has sailed on this, and most people have probably forgotten about it by now. But um, I 
have been looking forward to level five's fantasy life for 3ds oh, yes. you know it's been like rumored on and off and on and off for a couple of years or something but um i mean i i know i just feel like it's not going to come but i would still like to see it <laughs> you know what i want you know you know what i want announced at a3 i want sony to finally announce they're bringing vib ribbon over here Oh. Because, <laughs> gosh darn it, there's an English version, and they have this download service where it'd be super easy for them to put it up there and let it da- people download it. It's about time we got Vib Ribbon. <laughs> That's what I want the most. And it does. It wouldn't have any issues like over, I don't know, HDTV. It's not like a Parappa or anything like that. When I mean, uh, PS3 does have issues. Um, but if you play on your, on your PSP or PS Vita, it's fine. Okay. You'd have to do, do that. And then, I mean, obviously obviously you'd be missing the option to uh, put your own music CD in. So really, if I got my wish, what would be great would be for them to just do a little bit of tweaking so you could actually load MP3s into it. Yeah. But so it's a great game. And they said it's even in English, but they never brought it out over here. Brian, you have this next one for you. Oh, you mean like the last news item? Well, next next to last, yes. Or next to next to last. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're right. We still have some to go. Um, as far as I can tell, I think this was announced today, but um, Yacht Club Games Shovel Knight has finally been given uh, a release date of June 26th, and it's coming out for Steam uh, Wii U and 3DS, and I know that's yeah. one I've been looking forward to for quite some time. Um, and I don't, if people don't know what it is, it's kind of the uh, Mega Man-ish, DuckTales-ish, uh, retro pixely platformer. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it, but it looks really good, and I don't know. Sounds like a good date to me. And there's a bunch, like you walk around, and there's like just mounds of stuff. Yes. And you have a shovel and you dig in the stuff <laughs> and get things out and you just do a lot of digging and shoveling. Well, and that doesn't, to me, the whole appealing thing is the like DuckTales-esque, uh, like bouncing on the shovel. I don't know. Yes. I always, you know, yes. I would play DuckTales as a kid and just like bounce around everywhere, which probably says something yeah. about me, but it, um, <laughs> I really like that, so... Yeah, no, it's it's just it's just weird because like I feel like I played this like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting sometimes how like in these indie games, um, will come out and then it's like disappear for like a year, and yeah. then come back. So it's 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 good that it's finally coming out. Cause I think it did get a little bit delayed, but um, I think I would really like this on the 3ds. Yeah, me too. So I might have to pick up on, on there and see how that goes. So. And if you are like Anne and you haven't played <laughs> Atlas's top RPGs, but <laughs> but your Shin Megami Tensei um, deficiency is more on the non-Persona side, Atlas has been going crazy lately re-releasing their PS2 games on uh, Sony's PlayStation uh, Network as digital downloads. So on June 10th, we are getting Shin Megami Tensei Digital Devil Saga 2. And that 
now joins uh, other recent releases, such as the original Persona 4, Devil Summoner Raido Kuzunoha versus the Solus Army, Digital Devil Saga 1, and Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. So at this point, the only Mega 10 game for PS2 they have not re-released is the second Raido Kuzunoha game. And un- unless there is something technical stopping them, I absolutely is- anticipate that coming as well. Um, and, you know, talking about things we want, like, I think the PS2, this PS2 digital service has, has been really good, actually, because we've gotten a lot of crazy, rare, and niche games that, you know, cost... 60 70 80 100 plus to get if you were to buy them physically and now you can just pay them up for 10 bucks each so there's a few i'd like to see on this um there was a ps2 horror game juon which i kind of missed and now i think it's like 200 some dollars if you want to buy it uh there's another ps2 horror game haunting ground from capcom which i played it i actually owned it for a while and didn't like it so i sold it but i really like would really like the chance to kind of go back to it and play it again um, there's Sony's Atlas released horror game Rule of Rose, which I actually own a copy of that, but that would be another really good one to kind of bring to the service. Mm-hmm. There's From Software's uh, PS2 games that would be good. So th- there's still actually some really good choices out there they could have of, of releasing these games to the PS2 classics section. But kudos to Atlas, because I said, uh, as of like, I want to say two months ago, there was, I think it was like Persona 3 Fest, and that was like it <laughs> in terms of their, their shipping out intensive games for PS2. Um, and they've just kind of flooded the service recently with them. So more power to them. Do, do more of this. And finally, yeah. I'm sorry, oh. go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I was just, uh, sorry. I was no. just wanted to second that Rule of Rose request because um it's quite expensive and i've always wanted to play it but i just can't bring myself to spend like 70 plus dollars yeah it is two games it's um it's it's a fascinating game it's really interesting the storyline is really interesting but the gameplay itself is pretty bad in some regards. Yeah, I've heard i've heard <laughs> like i it's absolutely positive if you have if you have the chance to ever I would definitely play it because it's, it's quite an experience, but um, it's a shame because it had a lot of cool ideas going on, but it was one of those kind of games where you felt like they didn't know what to do other than include combat at times. And the combat was just really rough. Hmm. So, but no, I mean like that would be a, that would be a great pick for the service. I said, there's said they, I mean, they have, they have really shocked me in terms of how many, super hard to find ps2 games they've put up on there you know so they so they've already done fantastically um mm. but they said there are definitely still other games they could they could pick to put up there that would be really nice so uh but what i was gonna say was i uh, speaking of games that can be hard to find for money um <laughs> technica tune came out on the ps vita this is the kind of offshoot game from the DJ Max series it was released here in America by Pentavision. And I think when it came out, the physical version was kind of limited 
And at the time, I kind of told myself, well, you should really get the physical version at some point. But then I was like, well, no, because, you know, someday soon, Sony's going to really reduce the price on these memory cards for the Vita. And I'll have no problem just throwing all my digital games on there. And, of course, that hasn't happened. <laughs> and Technica 2, it takes like four point some gigabytes on your memory card. And by the time I decided I should probably get the physical version, it was selling for like a hundred some dollars. They are actually, there's a Canadian company that's actually doing a re-release of the uh, American physical version of the game. It's either a re-release or they just found like boxes. somewhere. (laughs) I, I don't know which one it is, but they're supposed to have them in stock on June 6th. So right around when you're hearing this podcast, they, they are probably already in stock. The best way to get them, I think, would be go to go through Amazon Canada, and I think once shipping was done, it was like sixty five dollars for me to get, which mm-hmm. is is a little pricey for what I want to pay typically for a Vita game. But um, compared to how much this has been to get, because I mean, cause let's see if I go to Amazon right now. Let me see, Technica Tune. Let's see how much it costs just out right and of course amazon's like really slow so okay well okay this is great so now it's like 49 dollars on them so they, they, they must have gotten a, a restock as well then okay no it's actually okay this is great so it's actually i wish i'd known this it is actually stocked through that company but it's now stocked on the american amazon.com for 49.99 and six dollars shipping huh. so i paid an extra like ten dollars for no reason <laughs> no <laughs> but uh, it was previously it, it was like i think hundred some dollars at least to get this thing so this is a great price and if you've been wanting it physically at all buy it now don't wait <laughs> so isn't that funny that even the age when like a game like this is readily available digitally, <laughs> you've still got people wanting to collect the, uh, you know, physical version, and that it will rise to that yeah kind of price. Yeah. You but know? I mean, you know, it's a part of it. Part of it's Sony's fault because their memory cards are so darn expensive. Yeah, I literally have one memory card, and all that's on it is Technica Tune yes. right now. <laughs> and I don't know. I've gotten for some reason. I've got, I've gotten into kind of collecting the. PS Vita games. Um, now that this PSP is dead, but yeah, no, it's, it's it simply is the fact that like because my Vita, you know, isn't if my Vita was just a Vita game playing system, it's fine. But it's it's Vita, it's minis, it's uh, indie games, it's PS One games, it's PSP games. Just like there's some some you can put on there that your memory card just gets so full very quickly. So. Yeah. And now it's time for a segment we have redubbed <laughs> the harassment squad and the lone cheerleader. <laughs> now, typically, this is cheerleading where we come on here and tell you why all these games are so lovely and wonderful and you should buy them right now. But uh, in the four months we've been off, we have become jaded, bitter gamers. <laughs> and Anne and I don't like anything anymore. Yeah. So while Brian will have nice things to say about his game, I'm sure, um, Anne and myself are here to to uh, ridicule and defile and uh, <laughs> defile. 
demean the games we were talking about. <laughs> Goodness. And Anne, as always, will start this section <laughs> off. So Anne, what have you been playing that absolutely sucks and you hate and is garbage? Uh, well, gosh, uh, I should have prepared to be a little more angry about this one, but luckily I was never very invested in this release, but I happened upon a review copy code for Hyperdimension Neptunia producing perfection, which is shortened to PP, which I find honestly <laughs> funny, so I just yeah. call it PP from now on. Anyways, but this is, for those who don't know, the... Idol Simulator spin-off of the Hyperdimension Neptunia RPG series where all the characters, they're all female characters, are personifications of various game systems. So you've got a girl who is basically like Sony's PlayStation and then you've got the Xbox lady and so on. And of course the Xbox lady has giant boobs, right? Because what? that makes sense. <laughs> What? Yes. Why not? Yeah. Um, but so in this game, I, I like the the one thing I like about the series is it's very good at self-referential humor. It knows that it's dumb and it makes it very clear that it knows this, but that still doesn't excuse how dumb and awful it is, in my opinion. <laughs> um, and uh, it, so... Idol simulators are kind of a big thing in Japan, and you've got series like Idol Master, which is definitely, I think, the biggest one. Basically, you take the role of being the producer of an idol group, and you usually will focus on raising or... I'm stopping because of this airplane. I don't know if you can hear it. Is it crashing in your house? <laughs> Basically, like. yeah. Okay, I'll start over again. Um, so, idol simulators are really popular in Japan right now, but this is the first one that's been localized. Unfortunately, we didn't get something like the popular Idol Master series, where you are the producer for an idol group, and you will usually pick a girl, and you sort of focus on helping that girl become a beggar singer. You'll take her out on PR events and sort of you're, you're managing her various duties. And it's a lot like a, a stat-raising simulator. So the girl will have her, her voice stat or her dancing stat. And by, you know, taking her to the studio to work on a recording will help her raise her vocals and taking her to the dance hall or whatever will, of course, raise her dance stat. And then every so often you put on concerts, which will raise your idol's popularity and fans and things like that. So Producing Perfection is basically that, but like a really stripped-down budget version. Since there are four main characters in the Neptunia series, you can pick from one or four girls, which is pretty small selection comparatively i think the idol master games have huge rosters i'm not yeah. sure how many of them there are but there are tons of them and tons of songs that you can perform to in the concert portions but they're like a handful of songs in neptunia because i don't think the series has that many songs <laughs> so they've just like got these remixed versions of songs from their games and it's uh, great for people who like the series, I think, because it's very much a, you know, just a fan sort of game. But if you're not really into the series, I think it might be very tedious. And especially 
it's since it's not a very good idle simulator, it just kind of gives off a very tedious look at the genre as a whole. You know, if you've never played one of those games and you pick this up, you'll be like, well, this is just boring and you know but I think because it's a budget game and from a very niche audience that it gives off that impression so I don't really like it but I'm sticking with it I think you can do like one of the girls routes in about an hour a little over an hour depending how slow a reader you are because it's a lot of reading it's just picking what you want them to do and then reading through it and there's a lot of repetition at the end of every day the girl says the exact same thing and then my (laughs) character will say the exact same thing let's do our best tomorrow and i just want to pull my hair out i'm sick of reading that (laughs) yeah this just this just feels to me like one of those just kind of fan service cash-ins because like I, i just can't like i can't imagine who was in there going you know i love these neptunia games but if only they could be idle singing because I could be the producer. But that's what I really want. I mean, because I just, like, I don't know. Like, I, I I tried playing one of those games, and I couldn't get through it. Um, yeah. And just the the girls, I did not care about any of them in the slightest. So I, I don't know. Like, it's just for me, I, I cannot even imagine wanting to play this game. Yeah, I think that's a big problem is the characters aren't very appealing. So if you don't like the characters, you're just looking at them the whole time. It's basically you're looking at the screen. They're sitting on the screen talking to you the whole time. So if you don't like that, <laughs> it's a problem. And um, I forgot to mention there is a romance aspect, which to me is super creepy because there's a lot of the stuff going on actually just the other day there was this incident where at an akb 48 event yes. somebody like came at the girls with like a, a saw or something well now now one thing i read was saying that it he actually wasn't targeting them oh that he was kind of trying to go backstage and and with this thing i, I he accidentally hit them but that's that's one thing i'd read by I, I, I haven't read enough since then to, to know if that was actually indeed the case or not but yeah it was a really scary kind of incident yeah and i'm not saying that all fans of idols are creepy and weird but in a lot of the other idol games as far as i understand there usually isn't romancing it's like straight up you're the manager managing these girls and you know you can take that as you will you may think that's still a bit creepy but i mean the from what I know, um, from what Elliot Gay has told me from uh, his experience teaching at high schools in Japan, they, the Idol Master series has huge female fan base, and the games aren't really geared towards men or women. Like women can enjoy them for the simulation aspects, and because you know it's fun to sort of you know produce the idol. What you know, you may want to be an idol yourself someday or something. <laughs> but in the Neptunia games, it's like very clear that you're you know a male producer and you can you know click this option to get closer to the the different characters and like sort of romance them though it's not really like a, a romance simulation game and it has that aspect to it which i think makes it go into creepier territory that i would have yeah been that, happy that, that is, not have. that is really weird yeah hmm so I think that really shows that it's really just for fans of the series. So if you have no interest in the series, then it's really not for you anyway. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Like I mean, like, are, are, have 
are you at all a fan of the mainline games? Oh, no. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had to uh, review them, and I couldn't even get through them, really. It's just... They, 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 even... They're pretty brutal. I mean, like, it's, it's a... Re- the, the bad part is, it's a really interesting concept. Especially since, like, if you if you know anything about, like, Japanese, like, online community and stuff, there's all the kind of console-ton characters, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so there's a really fun, like, community built up around that, but, like, just their designs are just terrible and, like, generic and awful, and the gameplay is horrible. Um, I just like I don't know I, I tried one and I I could find absolutely no redeeming value in them I, I know some people do like them but they just felt so bad when I played them hmm. yeah it's just a combination of the gameplay isn't fun and the characters are just so annoying and weirdly written and just yeah it's just av- aggravating <laughs> all around yep uh okay cheerleader <laughs> tell us why we should like your game i love i like that i'm the positive person this time around um <laughs> so i'm going to go with an interesting choice i'm sure for most people and probably a choice that will like damn me in a lot of people's eyes but um i am going to cheerlead for yoshi's new island for the 3ds uh hmm. which as people should probably know is a 3ds sequel to the super nes yoshi's island game from i don't know the mid 90s um and i know everybody thinks it's terrible and ugly and you know not worthy of the name uh and i agree with some of that but um i don't know i just think by the time i got to the end of the game i found myself quite enjoying it and i think it i don't know i mean i think it did what it could to continue the series and not just be a copy and paste um, effort, kind of like the DS game, although it had extra characters. But I mean, you know, they tried a new art style that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't, and uh, mm. the music is different and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But for me, I just thought, like, in the end, it was a very solid platformer for me. I thought it did a couple of interesting things well. Um, and I think I said I told people before, but I think by the I think the art style like for me gets better and better as it goes on, and the last few levels are really uh, pretty in my mind. But um, I don't know. So I guess this isn't a glowing review, but I I <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is I liked it, and I think that if you can go into it with kind of an open mind and with as little baggage as possible, like if if you're someone who loved Yoshi's Island on the Super NES. Um, it may be hard for you to like this game. I don't know. Um, but I think if you go into it with an open mind, you can enjoy it. How would you describe the visual style? Well, I mean, that's kind of one of the strange things about it. It's like they tried to do different artistic, like, uh, pencil or crayon or molded out of clay or, and it's, in a way that is one of my issues with it because it sometimes looks like a mishmash in an ugly way. It just doesn't always uh, mesh, I don't think. But um, 
like I said, I feel like at near the end, they somehow kind of hit their stride and the last worlds look a lot better than the first ones. But it's definitely a weird, you know, like, like I said, chalk, pencil, uh, paint, and it's usually all on the same level. So it can look a little jarring. Yeah, because I said I'm looking at the screenshots right now, and it lo it it looks like there. Yeah, there's like no one truly consistent design to it. Almost like some elements look kind of um, colored pencily. Some elements look almost like claymation. Yeah. Hmm. Although I will say it's another game that it looks to me it looks better on the 3DS than it, like screenshots are fairly terrible. Um, right. And I won't say it's, you know, it's not like a total looker in real life, but it looks much better moving than it does in screenshots. Hmm. So. Yeah, I, I've never fully played the first game. And I keep meaning to go back to it one day. Because, like, I mean, like, I was never really big into the Mario games, but yeah. I played some of the first Yoshi's Island, and it did, seem, it did seem like it was a lot of fun. And it had a really cute look to it and stuff. Well, and I think, like... I think if you're not someone who thinks Yoshi's the the original Yoshi's Island is the best platformer ever, um, I think you might have fun with it. I think it's people who come into it thinking that it should somehow follow, you know, perfection in their minds. It can be a little hard to live up to that. <laughs> right. No, I mean it, it, it is hard. I mean because like some of those like Nintendo games are such such, such classics that I think it's hard to you know, make follow-ups because there's so much just kind of expectation built on everything. Yeah. So. Well, I guess I'll go to my game then, and I have to ask both of you, um, have either one of you played this little 3DS release called Tomodachi Life? Not yet. Nope. I, I know, I know I said, I know, Brian, you seem like you're pretty interested in it. I am. Um, and Anne, are, are, how, what's your interest level? Um, interest level has always been mediocre and it has since plummeted, <laughs> mm. but with due to issues that you will probably be going into, but I'm not sure. So I probably will be going into them. <laughs> so this is a game that first started on the, the DS in Japan, and then we are getting the kind of 3DS sequel. And I've always been curious about it because the original DS game sold like three point some million copies. Second game, I think, sold almost two million. Um, and if you ever see a video for it, it's just like the weirdest thing. It's, it's like almost like a variety show of just skits of your me's doing things. And the whole idea is that it's kind of like a life simulator. And um, if you're somebody who was bored by Animal Crossing, then you'll want to shoot yourself in the head if you ever try to play this game. Because, <laughs> uh, you, you literally control nothing. Um, you, uh, so when, when you start the game, it encourages you to put your me into the game. And then your me exists there, but you're not controlling your me. You in the game are real life you. And all the me's interact with you as being a real human being who is using a 3DS to play this game. So they're kind of in their own little world and they, they know like you're this, this weird ethereal 
god almost that is like <laughs> interacting in their lives um so you make your me and then and then, and then like the the encouragement is you're supposed to bring your friends and your family and uh, loved ones and things like that into the game. And so I, I, I put my wife in. So we had my, my me, uh, who to be clear is, is a female, and then my wife's me. And then I'm like, I want to bring some of my friends in. And this is where I hit the first problem. Because uh, Nintendo is frustrating at times in how they do things. So... You have a friends list and in order to have a friend on your friends list you have to send them this little numeric code and they have to send you back their own numeric code and you want to put them in and it has to register with nintendo and then you can be friends so there is an actual process there for real life friends or acquaintances to to befriend each other on the 3ds however you cannot get your friends knees there is just absolutely no way to download their me to your system. At this exact same time, if I have my 3DS on, I walk down the street and I pass by a stranger that I will never ever meet again <laughs> for the rest of my life, I can get their me very, very easily. And this 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 is a point of just real frustration to me because the idea of this game is like again you're supposed to bring in your friends and your family and things like that but in order to do so you have to either completely recreate their me's or you have to get them to send you then a qr code of their me to scan in and put in the game so right away it's it's frustrating and you'll, you'll be frustrated because you want to fill your island up with me's but it's not easy to do uh so like I like literally when I started I just started putting in like random me so like it was me my wife the Joker, uh, uh, Nikki from Swapnote and I think somebody else you know, <laughs> and we were living on this island together. So the entire game is is you kind of interact with them and starts off with like oh your meat's hungry so you have to go to the store and buy buy them food and get them food and maybe they like that food or maybe they don't like it and then if they like it. Uh, they're happy, their their experience points go up, and you receive money. Um, you know, one, one meme might be like, oh, I want a new outfit. So you go to the store, and you, you buy clothing. You take it back, you give it to another gift. They're happy, their experience goes up, you receive money. As you as you kind of start doing these little things, um, your, your me's level up, Every time they level, you can you can pick one of four things. You can teach them a song, you can give them a gift, you you get a, you can get a free uh, room decoration so you can read redecorate their room, or um, oh you can teach them a saying, so you can say like okay for, for when you're happy I want you to say this or when you're sad I want you to say this, and one of the reasons that I thought this game would never come out in America was because it it relies very heavily on voice. Uh, synthetication so there's a kind of like a text to speech thing in the game so that everybody has a voice so they they say whatever they're, they're saying text wise and when you're making the meads you can kind of pick um which there there's six default voices two for two for kids two for middle-aged people and two for adults and then you can also kind of tweak it from there uh, so as I said, as you go along, you're, you unlock things for your Miis. 
they'll they'll start becoming friends with one, one, one another they'll go and kind of have part-time jobs they will um go to the uh various things from the island as they open up so for example there's a a tower and they'll go sit on the tower like go to the park or the beach um you can unlock a tv station so there's these like hourly little news broadcasts that happen at certain times of day so it's it's like it's really interesting and it definitely definitely is not a game it's 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 i kind of one way i explained it was i it's it's a video game version of a cat like you decide i'm gonna go play with my cat but you have no idea what mood your cat is actually in like a doll you kind of know a dog is always up for playing you know but a cat, you just never know how a cat's going to react. <laughs> so you might go up to the cat, and the cat might be like, hey, I'm in the mood for playing, so I'll sit here and play with you, whatever. Or the cat might be like, what are you doing, you stupid human? I don't want to play with you right now. So like, you you, 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 you never know what's going to happen when you go in this game. You might go in, and it's just like these mundane little tasks, like an Animal Crossing, where you just get things done and then quit out. Or there might be really interesting little weird things going on, like... Your Mies are, are hanging out at the cafe talking, or, or one Mies asleep, and you can go in their dreams and see what they're dreaming about. Um, so it definitely is the kind of game that you want to have digitally instead of a cartridge, because if you have it on a cartridge, you're going to be like swapping it in and out probably like multiple times a day unless you just leave it in there. So this is definitely the kind of game you want to play um, the digital version for. But I, I ran into a problem, and... Going in, I I knew this situation existed, but I did not know what the ramifications kind of would be. So there's been kind of the talk online about the whole gay marriage aspect. So in the game, there are relationships, but they only account for male and female me's getting together. In Japan, there was a bug, from what I understand, and I'm, I'm kind of confused because I don't know if it was a bug or not. So, and I'll, I'll explain why. Because the way it was really reported was that there was a bug where male me's would end up being able to be in a relationship together. But, and Brian, I don't know if you know this story deeper and maybe have a commentary on it. But what I think might have been the case and is still the case is you can make a me... You can set its gender to be opposite of what you want it to be. And in terms of me design and speech, uh, voice, I should say, and clothing options, you can have that me be the opposite. So what I'm like saying is, let's say you want to have a male-male couple. You can have the second me set to be female but you can completely make it look male. You can dress it in male clothing and you can give it a male voice. So that for all intents and purposes, even though it has a female gender marker, when you look at the character in the game, it looks male. And so you could then have technically a male-male relationship when actually one of the, the me's is just tagged as being female. Mm -hmm. So before I go on, Brian, do you, do you know enough about this to know like if that's what this was all about or if there actually was a real bug in the Japanese version? I don't, I honestly don't understand because the way Nintendo has explained it is confusing to me. 
Um, right, because the way I originally heard it was that there was a bug that allowed two legitimately male me's to be together. Not two female ones, but two male ones. Yeah. But I know, like I just said, that you can, quote-unquote, trick the, the game by making a me that you that you mark as being one gender but then kind of present as the complete opposite gender. Yes, and I think I think Nintendo basically has tried to say that that wasn't the bug, that the bug had something, like you said, to do with two males having a baby together that caused, like, I think it just randomly happened or something and caused the game to, I don't know if it crashed or if it wouldn't allow you to save it or something, but they, hmm, okay. in, in some ham-fisted way, they've kind of explained that what you're talking about, about like creating a female me that looks like a male and sounds like a male and has a male name, um, was never part of it. Okay. I don't know, but that's as far as I understand it, to tell you the truth. So, so I have, I have my me, I have my wife's me, I have one friend in the game because he's like literally like one of the only actual me's I have in my system. And then I have the Joker and Nikki. Um, and because my me is set as female, my wife and I can't be in a relationship. And my understanding is that um, on on your... I'm sorry, on, on uh, any me you create, it's not your me. You can tell the game what their relationship is to you. So you have like spouse parent child sibling other relative or non-related and my understanding is is that if you set it as spouse and you have a male me and a female me then they they will kind of start off right away being interested in each other but it doesn't necessarily mean they'll end up married because i have a friend who actually his his me and his wife's me broke up and his wife's me married somebody else and that's where i had a problem because i'm very early in the game um not not very far at all and i'm having fun it's just silly i'm kind of getting used to the game and everything and my my friends me says um and we'll say sue is the name of my wife and he says oh i really like sue what do you think about us as a couple and I'm like, uh, I don't want this to be happening. <laughs> so there's little buttons where you can kind of say like what you think. And it's like, oh, right on. Or I don't know. Or she's not right for you. And I say, she's not right for you. He's like, oh, really? Oh, okay. Never mind then. Um, and then a day or so later, my I, I go into the game. And there's kind of the apartment building you go to. And you can like look and see little icons in everybody's window to see what they, if, they, if there's something they want. Or if they want to play a game or whatever. And I see this little heart in my wife's window and i'm like hmm and so i click on it and my wife says let's call this this, this friend say tom she's like i'm in love with tom i want to date him and it produced in me like this emotional kind of reaction that i wasn't really expecting to have and it it really it really bothered me that okay first of all my wife and my me can't be together okay i understand that but it bothered me that i was mere days into the game and my wife's me was saying she wanted to 
have a relationship with with my friends me and i i knew they were like just these silly little virtual characters they were like just avatar representations of real people but i couldn't get away from bringing in that kind of real life perspective on it and it really really bugged me that this was happening and so i told her i'm like i i when i say told her i mean i in the game told my wife's me i'm like you know no he's not right for you you don't want you know to be with him and so she starts crying and so then she's sitting there like in her apartment totally heartbroken over this and that really like bothered me it bothered you know and i'm like i know like okay i know this isn't my real life wife i know this is just a stupid little me avatar character but it bothered me that that was happening in the game yeah and um there's there's no way for the player to say i want this person this person to be together or there's no way to say you know what i don't want these two people to be together and kind of the problem that you're gonna have once you get outside of the quote-unquote normal relationship kind of pairings is that um you can run into these things very very quickly um like for for so like i said before you you can tell the, the game like what relationship a me has to you but you can't set between different me's so technically if you put let's say a brother and sister in the game they could technically fall in love because you can't tell the game i don't want them to and you have no control over it saying to the game, you know what? I don't want these relationships to happen. Yeah. And there, the kind of what started, what started really bothering me was that a lot of the game really pushes on the idea of getting together and getting married and having babies. Um, because I would say a third of the island doesn't unlock until you at least have one couple in a relationship. And so there's kind of like this push of, you know, love, 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 have these people together, have these people love, but you have no control. So, you know, like if, if, if you're putting, you know, Brian or Anne, if you're putting, you know, two friends together who are married, <coughs> you can't tell the, the game, okay, these people in real life are married, have them kind of be together. You have no control over that. And I think like in a game like Animal Crossing where – all the characters are these kind of just make-believe um, fantasy, you know, aardvark, duck, whatever. Like, I have no problem then with this kind of thing where, where it's, it's okay, the duck and the cat are, are having feelings for each other. Okay, great, you know. But when the game pushes so much to bring in people you really know from your, from your real life, um, it's weird. Like, it gets kind of weird to me because... You could have these weird situations of me's going after one another and you do have the control of saying, oh, I don't think you should be together or I think it's a great matchup, but you have to deal with the consequences of what those me's are feeling and these feelings are completely coming at random from the game when it decides who wants who's going to be with who. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for like, for... For you, Brian, when you play this, if, if you just straight up put yourself and your husband in the game and you have any kind of female characters, there could be a point when you see your husband's me 
saying that he wants to have a relationship with one of these female characters. And you have no control over that not happening. You can change it once it starts happening, but you have no control over that, whether or not it happens. And like, I don't know what your reaction would be, but I found myself having this emotional reaction that I just really was not expecting or prepared for. Yeah. Well, and, and to jump in, I'll say it, it's funny because before any video came out about the game, um, I kind of just thought privately that I was like, oh, it, it won't bother me very much. I think I'll be fine with it. You know, right. whatever. It's just a game. I, I thought the same thing. Yes, I thought the same thing. And and then when I saw, I think it was just the first, whatever, the Nintendo Direct about it, there was some scene where, like, the characters were on the beach um, and they were fighting over a girl. And I was like, for some reason, I had this kind of oddly visceral reaction to it. And I just thought... I don't know if I'm going to like this. And and I right. I know a lot of people, gay people included, have been saying that it's silly to feel that way. But for me, I'm like, I mean, I'm still buying the game. And in a way, I'm just buying it to see if that's actually how I react uh, in the real game. But I can see how it would be a really big problem for a lot of people. Like, I mean, I, I understood the arguments. I understood why people were saying there should be this, this aspect in the game. But... I didn't appreciate how it would affect me on a kind of an emotion, mental and emotional level. Yeah. Um, and I really, I like, I came away wishing that I could just say, you know what? I don't, I don't want relationships in this game on that level. You know, like I just want everybody to be friends. Like, like I, when I play this game, I want it to be just silly and lighthearted and fun and non-serious, you know, but because of these decisions that were made for the game, like I can't, I can't play it like that because I have I have to deal with this relationship aspect being there. Yeah. You know, and I just I like I said either either per me or overall I wish I could just say, you know what? I don't want this happening between them. I want I want them just to be just be best friends. You know, I mean, I had it's funny because um <coughs> the Joker and Nikki became like best friends. And so it's bizarre like cuz now the Joker is babysitting this little this little kid and it's just like just a totally weird situation, but it's funny, and it should be funny and silly like that. But I'm at a point where I feel like if I want to play this more, I can't bring characters based on people I know in real life. That it has to just be a fantasy world of, you know, celebrities or game characters or, or whatever. Hmm. And do you have any thoughts? Oh, can we go back to for just for a second? Sure. I could have sworn you said, maybe I heard you wrong because the connection's getting a bit choppy for me, but I thought you said that if you indicate that characters are brother and sister, they can still get married in the game? No, no, no. You can, so so you can, you, you can set how every me is related to you, but you can't set any relationships past that. Oh, just in their relation to you. So theoretically, yes. you could so put theoretically, your whole family in the game and then your family members could get like married to one another, but you can't have two female characters get married to one another. Right. Yes. That, so, that really pisses me off. So <laughs> Sorry. In, incest seems to be okay. Uh, gay marriage, not so much. Uh, yeah. Um, no, 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 no. To be, to be fair... 
I have not gotten to a point because I have not added my siblings or any siblings. I have not seen it happen, but given how you add characters to the game, the only real switch I can tell is you can set whether or not a me is a adult or child. Mm. Um, so at that point, an adult me and a child me will not try to have a relationship. They, they will be they will become friends. Like I said, for for the Joker and Nikki, because my Nikki is as a child and Joker's an adult, they will become best friends, but they will not try to have a relationship. Uh, adults will with adults, and children will with children. Obviously, children and children won't make babies, because that would be really, really weird. <laughs> um, but so far as I understand, there because there is no setting <clears throat> to say this me and this me are related in some way. It's only the relation to you. So... Yes, if you let's say if you put in okay, I don't know because I don't like if you if you say they're your siblings, maybe it will keep them separate. But if you were let's say you have a friend, you know, like or or your husband's family, for example, if you put your husband's family in and don't set them right, then they, from what I understand, they would absolutely have the possibility of going after <laughs> each other. And if you just put let's say a brother and sister that you know from real life and they have no relation to you it's same thing's possible wow <laughs> uh, yeah i honestly the whole premise of tomodachi life never really appealed to me because i don't really like this sort of hands-off aspect like animal crossing i like walking around and interacting and doing things but tomodachi life really seems like just yeah watching a soap opera or something and that didn't really appeal to me but all this stuff coming out of it and the yeah, gay marriage and all that I just would prefer to not even go near it now <laughs> as a result I think you know I think that the problem I have is um and you will both know from playing Animal Crossing you know if if you go to the salon Animal Crossing you can't say I want this hair color this hairstyle it's this goofy I'm going to ask you some questions yeah. and those questions determine what you get. And unless you look up an FAQ to know what you're getting, you don't know. And when you even start the game, like your face, like you can't, you yourself can't pick what your face looks like. Mm. And if you don't know how the questions work, you could end up with a face that you absolutely hate. I think Nintendo has this thing where they want the game to have a lot of the control because it's quote unquote, like more fun maybe or something, you know, if, 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 if it's, oh, it's, you know, it's the the Gracie and, and not Gracie, but I don't remember the, the shampoodle girl. <laughs> and she's asking you questions and, hey, what's your personality? And that's what determines your hairstyle because it's cute and fun. Like, I don't find it cute and fun. Like, I find it annoying. <laughs> and I, I think that's kind of a thing here, too, is I think Nintendo has to realize, you know what? Give people some control. If I want to put a me in, another me in, and say, these people are husband and wife in real life. Let me say that, and I don't want to go through these stupid hoops, you know, of of them falling in love with other people until they finally meet each other. You know, like I don't find that part of it fun, but I feel like Nintendo always wants to control so many of those act of aspects in their games, and I just I'm I found it annoying in Animal Crossing. I find it off-putting in Tomodachi Life. And it's a shame because I think in a lot of other ways, this is a 
silly, fun little thing. It's, it's not a game. It's not a game at all. It's a fish tank, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it, it just, it r- really rubbed me the wrong way and makes it hard for me to play it and really enjoy it. So. It's a shame. And I, I hope, I, I don't, I'm not going to hold my breath, but I hope that the kind of outcry recently makes them rethink things for the next game a little bit. Um, and, you know, for anybody who says it doesn't matter, you know, talk to somebody who's in a situation where they they don't have that option, you know, where they put their spouse in the game and them and their spouse can't be together, you know, and they have to watch their spouse as me chasing after somebody else. <laughs> it's 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 weird. Yeah. It really is weird. And it, it it it's you sit there and saying this is dumb that I'm feeling upset about this because it is a game, but you get upset about it. So mm-hmm. yeah. There you go. I don't know. It's um for for and for the price too, it's 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 rough to say just try and see what you think. Like in your case, Brian, like that's that's a lot of money just to see if you, you know, can deal with it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just willing to do it, but I under I agree. I mean, it's a lot of money just to for a certain per- portion of the population to have to basically hope that they're going to be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, and I I really I really am curious to see when you try it. If you try it, when you try it, uh, what you think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to talk about it <laughs> yeah. either way. Because, like, so the first time it happens, either you'll be like, okay, this is no big deal. It's just a, you know, you know, because I, I have a friend. My friend was telling me the fact that, like, his, his wife, like I said, his wife married somebody else in the game. And, like, to me, I I would not deal with that. Yeah. You know? I, I wouldn't put up with it. I would just delete a me or just like i said just make the whole cast be random celebrities or whatever so uh but happier things because it is time for our final segment the nichiest of them all (laughs) and forced to go first as usual is Anne. Oh, we're just gonna keep going on this train of putting me first for everything. That's fine. I'm not I'll, the one. I'm not the one who it. named you Anne. So you know, if your mom had not <laughs> given you a name with the beginning of the letter A, darn! I just got my last name changed. I should have <laughs> <laughs> gone and done the first one too. <laughs> um, okay, well, it's getting tougher and tougher the more episodes we record for me to find games that I think might have a chance at stumping either of you, or at the very least the listeners, because I'm sure we have very savvy niche game listeners. Um, so I'm not confident that the game I picked today will be obscure enough to stump anybody, but yeah, I'll go for it anyway. Um... First, I'm going to say a portion of the title because the full title gives away the type of game it is. <laughs> um, okay. But but you'll probably know it anyway. After I say the portion, I'll say the whole thing. But it's Gumpy DS. Yes. Full, yeah, full title is Rhythm Puzzle Gumpy PDS. <laughs> so that gives away if you didn't know what it was, you can 
guess what kind of game it is pretty easily. So you just gave it away, didn't you? Or do we just have to explain it now? Sorry? Uh, did, so you said you know it. Did Does Brian know it? Um, I think I know of the series. Isn't it kind of a puzzle series? <laughs> yeah, the rhythm puzzle series. <laughs> I didn't give it away just now. But, um, yeah, and it has DS in the title too, so you know what platform is for. You've got everything <laughs> but um but, but but wait 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 but so brian what do you do in this in this puzzle that game? i actually do not know i've literally just seen uh like <laughs> box art for old you know like the wonder swan version and uh i don't even know other versions i would have seen but i've seen the name around that's i don't even know what the actual hook is of it uh, so the 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 name is actually uh, a reference to, uh, oh, I'm going to butcher his last name, the Gunpei Yokoi, I believe. He was the father of the Game Boy and the Virtual Boy. Mm-hmm. And yep. so after Nintendo, this is one of the projects he worked on. And it's a puzzle game where it has, if I remember correctly, it has pieces that you kind of slide around. And each piece has a line going in a certain direction. And what you're trying to do is is move the pieces around so that the lines on them connect into one bigger line. I believe running from one side of the field to the uh, other, but I'm not certain on uh, that aspect. Yeah, you're pretty good, Shidoshi. <laughs> yeah. I knew somebody would know it. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you've got it all right. Um, so it's like... Uh, it's like, I guess, Dance Dance Revolution where you're looking at the bottom of the screen and things are moving up towards the top of the screen. But what is So it's like a grid and it's um, horizontally five blocks across. And from the bottom of the screen, you'll get... Is, after a certain period of time, you'll get like a new row will appear from the bottom and you're sliding around. I think, I think I'm doing it right. Oh, maybe it's the opposite. Gosh, I haven't played it in a little while, so now I'm confusing myself. But yeah, so you've got new lines will appear, and you want to connect yeah, horizontally across five blocks have to be connected. And when they're connected, for a short period of time, that line will glow, and you can kind of shuffle only up and down. You can only move the blocks up and down, not left and right. And you shuffle them around to connect more lines to that main line, and that will clear all of them connected ones to get like combos so if you're really good you can create these weird crisscrossing things across the whole screen and at least in the ds version you can pick different characters and all the different characters will have like their special move like if you clear the whole screen at once they'll do like some uber thing uh this game I picked up for $4 about a year oh. ago. So um, it's really kind of a, it feels like a budget game. Like I had never played it before. I never heard of Gumpy. Opened it up, put the cartridge in my DS, loaded up the game. And it's got like an adventure mode where you fight against different characters. And then it's got versus mode and sort of like a time attack where you just play as long as you can until you die sort of thing. And I 
started the adventure mode and there's literally no tutorial, the game does not tell you how to play the game. So for the first time in years, I actually had to go back to the box, open up the manual and <laughs> read the manual to figure out how to play this game because I had absolutely no idea. Like, it really does not tell you anything, which I thought was really funny. But I mean, for $4, it's a lot of fun. And actually, I wanted to bring this game up because uh, June is puzzle month uh, over oh. at Chick Pixel. Yeah, the community game along theme is puzzle games. So I wanted to highlight a sort of niche puzzle game. That... So what, what's what's your cute name for that month? Sorry? My what's, cute what? name? That's, yeah. that's that's it. I, how do, how do you put puzzle in June? I don't, I can't think of puzzle <laughs> with anything. It's just puzzle month. <laughs> well, it's straightforward. Yeah, it's a shame. You, you should have waited sort of for like September it's a puzzle burr. Puzzle burr. <laughs> uh, well, next month is JRPG July, which I think is appropriately oh. catchy. But yeah, so um, I wouldn't say Gumpy is a you know shining example of a puzzle game, but it's pretty amusing. And also the rhythm aspect, I don't know where it's coming up with that, but there's, like, <laughs> it's got funky music, but there's no need to, like, move the tiles in time with the music, so I have no idea why it says it's a rhythm game. I, I, I think the weird thing is because it originally, um, I don't believe the original version of Gunpei, Gumpy, whatever it's, it, how you pronounce it, uh, wasn't a rhythm game. And they they just needed some sort of like hook when they brought it. Cause I think it came out on DS and PSP both. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so I think they wanted like some kind of like just just like oh here's the the, the hip new way to play it. Um, I, I I didn't I didn't like it. Like I I felt like the thing with puzzle games is typically they either work really well or they just don't work and for me this didn't work I, I didn't I didn't feel like it was a strong enough kind of puzzle game for what yeah. I usually look for yeah um, it's an interesting idea but I just don't think the execution you know really 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 happened oh for sure yeah and for me one of the kind of fun aspects of the DS version I'm pretty sure this isn't in the PSP version but you can correct me if you know but They've got these really weird sort of poppy cowboy like <laughs> rave inspired character designs. It's the weirdest thing. It's kind of like Lisa Frank with a Japanese influence and cowboys. <laughs> and I think I think that's hilarious. Like the art style is just so weird and it's really colorful and the backgrounds and the pu- during the puzzle sections are like all psychedelic and really strange music so it's just like the whole package is just a weird thing and yeah i wouldn't i don't really play it that much but like for four dollars it's just a really strange little game that's <laughs> fun to pick up for a bit and be like these characters are really weird because they've got like all these animals there's like a penguin and a bulldog and yeah it's super strange yes <laughs> So that's it. So no no points for me, really. Well, you stumped me. I only knew the name. Oh, uh, yeah, but you could tell it was a puzzle game. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the, the name kind of gave it away, so. Okay. Uh, so you, 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 you get a point. Uh, Brian? Okay. So uh, the game I am 
going to try to stump you with <laughs> is an old Game Boy game um, that was produced by HAL Laboratory, you know, the people who made Kirby and, um, I don't know, Adventures of Lolo, I think. Um, anyway, the American name is Trax, T-R-A-X. Um, and I, oh. I'm not going to give the Japanese name just because it doesn't actually give away the genre, but it gives away, it'll give away something about the game, so. Oh, I know this. <laughs> oh, like, I should know this. Uh, Anne, give a no, guess. No, I have absolutely no idea. Tracks, gosh, yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of it. Um, if I wanted to throw out a guess I would say on the puzzle game theme you have to like direct an object through a track obstacle course to a goal <laughs> <laughs> I I was gonna say like I I'm I'm trying to decide if I, I'm getting this mixed up with something else but I'm gonna also say it's a puzzle game but it's kind of a um not yeah, I mean, kind of directing, but you're 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 pushing things along certain paths in order to get them to uh, where they need to be. And like I said, I I I know as soon as you say it, and I'm wrong, I'm gonna remember what the game actually is. But like that's the image that's coming to mind. So. <laughs> well, you're wrong. It's it's yes. not a puzzle game. It's like a it is an overhead shooter, but not right. exactly as you are in control of a cute little tank um <laughs> and you move the tank with your with the d-pad and then with the a and b button you kind of can rotate the turret so you can shoot in four directions <sighs> um yes. and you i don't know what you call it a forced scrolling it's not a you force your way through the levels i think i can't remember i haven't played all four stages lately um but it's just, it's a really interesting little shooter because of the control method and then everything is destructible, like you shoot the trees and if there are any buildings in the way. Um, and it's just one of those games that like, it's very short and possibly too easy, but for some reason it's just fun to like move the tank around and shoot everything and blow up all of the <laughs> surrounding environment. Um, so, I don't know, it's a cute little game. Yep, as soon as I see the screenshots, I, I know what it is. Yep. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I never played it, but I, I, I do definitely remember it from back in the day. You should try it. I mean, it's a, I don't, I mean, it's not on like the eShop or anything, but, um, you know, emulation or you pick up the cartridge. I don't know how. Nothing, nothing is on the eShop. I know, I know. It's so terrible. On the, I, I cannot believe we're getting DS games now on the, on the Wii U. And we're not getting DS games on the 3DS. Uh, well, it's just yet another. And we're getting Game Boy Advance games, I think, on the Wii U, not on the 3DS. It's just oh. Oh, the decision makers at Nintendo. <laughs> yes. Well, so two points for you. You sent us both. Good job. Mm. Um. So my my pick, and I I I don't feel confident in this pick. I I think this is super easy, but we'll we'll see. Um, cause I was, I was kind of scrambling. I was having a tough time here. <laughs> My game is on the Sega CD 
and it is called Time Gal. <laughs> Are you going first, mm. Anne? Well, you want me to go first because I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. If it's on, if it's on the Sega CD, I can guarantee I wouldn't know it anyway. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you. Okay, I will tell you. Is is also been uh, an arcade game. Yeah. On the Saturn, the PlayStation, and the Laser Active. Wow. So I'm I'm sure I'm sure you owned the Laser Active <laughs> at some point. Time Gal, right? Time Gal, yes, G A L. I don't know. It sounds like a shmup to me, but I honestly have no idea where mm. you, of course, control a cute little girl. Something like mm. Death Smiles. It reminds me of Death Smiles. Mm. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Uh, Brian? Well, I, I know this one because I was a big like Sega CD geek back in the day. Ah. Um, <laughs> so it's like... A, um, I don't even know what the genre is. Like Dragon's Lair from the eighties, uh, laser disc game, where it was made up of like cartoon, you know, anime graphics, and as you go through the story, it's like a movie, and then a quick time event will come up where you have to hit a button by a certain time, um, you know, to shoot the gun at the enemy or whatever. Um, as far as I know, that's about all. Your control, right? <laughs> yep. No, you you are correct. So it's it's very Dragon's Lair-y, where it's uh, Japanese animation, and mm. you're this you're this girl who goes back through time. So you go like to like seventy thousand BC, seventy seventy million BC, or fifteen eighty eight AD, or twenty ten AD. So you're going like back and forth in time, and um, you're trying to kind of I don't I don't know if like I think you're chasing a bad guy or something. Um, and so he's like warping through time. So you're trying to you're trying to find him. And then as you get to each time period, like these wacky things are going on. Like you're you know you're back in way way past, and there's a, a dinosaurs or something attacking you. You need to get a, get away from them. Or the future has robots, I'm sure, or something you know. Or there's like gladiators. And so you're you you don't necessarily know which time period you're going to go to next. But it is a to like put like dragon slayer, you know, you you something lights up on on screen or whatever, you, you have to know which way to go, and you either push a direction to move out of the way of something, or you hit a button to shoot your gun. Um, and the the main character, uh, Reika, she was actually kind of based on Lum from Urusai Yatsura, oh. the the uh, Takahashi Reiko. Is that her name? Uh, the same person who made like Ron Mill and Half and stuff like that. So mm. she's kind of based on that character Lum, and um, she's also in a few other Taito games, such as the the most recent Elevator Action game. Mm. She's a DLC character. Uh, so I I I had like it was that time when you know you'd play all these games in kind of the arcade. And you weren't used to having them be at home, so they weren't great games. But there was something just kind of fun and magical about them, um, and so I really enjoyed it because I like the character, I like the kind of time travel aspect. But I wasn't good at it. So. Yeah. Well, especially back in the day, right? I mean, like it was the kind of game that you just didn't get at home, so it was exciting right. in that aspect. Yep. Yep. So I get a point. That means uh, Brian wins this round because he got two points. Yay. <laughs> 
Uh, but we actually have one super secret final thing to do on the show here. Because I'm going to read an email that we got. Oh. Ooh. Because it ties in with one of today's conversations. Even though this came in back in January. <laughs> Uh, this ties in, and so it's it's from uh, Michael McShane, and he says, In the latest episode, you asked if anyone knew why every girl in Senran Kagura had such a similar body type. The answer is simple. The producer really loves big breasts. And <laughs> he linked to a story from uh, Gematsu. It's a famous story, but I, I love the line that this guy says in this, in this uh, article. So this is from the uh, producer Kenichiro Takaki, and he was talking about the game and whatnot. And so he says, I'm trying to think of like where to pick this up. So he says, normally when you are developing for multiple platforms, you try to make the game system balanced for each platform. But in doing so, I think you sully the good points of the platforms. Uh, and then he was asked why they're putting Sengon, Senron Kagura on the PS Vita. This is this is back in 2012, so that game already came out, but he was asked why you would then take the Vita. And he says, uh, and I'm warning you about language here. There's a little bit of language, but he says, because I wanted to make tits that could be licked. <laughs> and then he then goes on to say this this absolutely famous line, Tits are life, ass is hometown. So <laughs> that is the person making these Senron Kagura <laughs> games. So if you ever wonder why they are the way they are, there there is your answer. Now so, we know. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, and if if you ever want to email us at the show, we will act. We will actually read your email. And you can send us emails at uh, nichiest at morningproject.com. And if you have any questions at all how to spell that, it is actually in the show notes. So, I mean, otherwise, unless either of you have anything else, I think that's, uh, that's it for our show. I think that's good. Yeah. And we will try to do our next show on time, maybe. <laughs> Because at, at, at this at this rate, we would need to do our next show right around the 4th of July. So maybe if we do it before or after, that shouldn't be too hard to do. Unless yeah, either one of you, yeah. Yeah. We'll shoot for or it. Or we could go on a bi-yearly schedule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Let's do that. Yes. So, okay. So, uh, yes, listeners, our next episode will be uh, June of 2016. <laughs> so please look forward to that. It will be a 24-hour show as we catch up on all the news that has happened in those two years. <laughs> uh, no, but we, we, will, we will try to get back on our month-to-month schedule because it's not really that hard to do. We just have to kind of... Well, okay, I have to kind of commit to it. I will lay the blame where it belongs. So We'll do our best. We'll do our best. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know what? This is, this is what? This is almost two hours now, so it's not yeah. bad. Not bad for catching back up. So for Anne and for Brian, I am Shidoshi, and this has been uh, episode, or no, I'm sorry, take take nine of the Nishiest 
Is it Nishius Gaming or just Nishius Podcast? The Nishius, <laughs> I, I screwed up when we started. <laughs> I'm not going to edit it out. I'll leave my mistake in there. But it, it is the, this is how long it's been since we've been doing this. It's been take nine of the Nishius Podcast ever. And you can quit.